0: Welcome to the Hope United Church Podcast. We are one church with two locations. For video live streams of our services and more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. Move on to the second half of Chapter Five as I've been studying this. It's a kind of two-part, but we may just touch on it next week before we go to Chapter Six, where is where Jesus uh, feeds the five thousand. <coughs> and as I've I've been studying this, you could uh, in the second half, uh, from sixteen to twenty-four onwards, uh, you could you could look at that. If you're you're saved and you're a believer, you could look at that very nonchalantly and go, I get it. Dead simple. I get that. I I I get that. It's dead. It's really quite simple. It's and this is the Gospel of John. It's 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 so simple, but yet it's so deep. And I think there's much of our theology and our belief in Jesus and how we see our Christianity that we don't spend any time thinking about because we think we know. It's just we've, we've got it simple. And as I was studying this at first, I was thinking could almost bypass this. This is what I was thinking. I know it's shocking. I'm thinking, we could almost bypass this. We could almost bypass this and go right to chapter 6. We get this. as I start Until I start studying and I realise, maybe we think we get it, and maybe we get it to a degree, but the question is, could you explain it? No. See if somebody says to you, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus, tell me the difference. How would you get to explain that? How would you know the depth of explaining this? And these next verses... Uh, are brilliant if you are ever talking to a Muslim uh, and I'll maybe touch on that if you're ever going to talk to if a Muslim wants to debate with you about the sovereignty of Christ these scriptures will really if you know them and can explain them uh, they're really nowhere to go there'd be great scriptures to have a debate with with a Jehovah's Witness who believes Jesus was created Uh, there'd be a great debate to have with a Mormon Because Mormons do not believe, although they believe in the Trinity, they believe there are three separate identities. There's the Father, there's the Son, three separate identities, not the triune God, the Godhead three in one, as we believe. So we may look at these scriptures and think, "Ah, I get that, but then ask yourself if you could explain it to somebody if they ask. Ask yourself if you could explain how well you could explain the difference between God and Jesus and how you would differentiate that and how you would explain it's the same thing and how you, would, how you could go, no, it's the same person and how you, how you could explain that. And as you, as you read this scripture, you realise this is, the, I hope there's many reasons why it's here. This is one of the reasons. Another reason is, is and as I've been studying this, you know, I, I don't know why I've not noticed it to the depth I've noticed that Jesus truly loves the Jews because he's constantly addressing them. He's constantly addressing them and trying to help them, uh, which is amazing. Let me just, before I get right in here, let me just mention something that I should have mentioned at the start, and it's not to plug me. It's it's to plug something that will help you. Uh, If any of you don't subscribe to my thinking church, yeah, I'd urge you to do it. I think, see this week, see if you just studied this week's one alone for the next month, you'd be in a better place. And what I'm talking about, The Thinking Church is a 10 minute video and I just speak into the camera. Uh, and You'll see my big spot and everything. <laughs> and I just speak into the camera uh, for 10, 10, 12 minutes about a subject or another. I usually share a bit of scripture and, and we go anywhere with it. And Fraser helps with the editing and that too. The, 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 the actual message is no edited. It's just a take and that's it. Whatever comes out, comes out. <laughs> but he puts all the fancy stuff to it. But I would urge you to get... To, to listening, I know you maybe listen to the wee bit. If you're on Instagram, you're listening to the 42nd, but that's not enough. You need to listen. To it. And what I'm talking about this week, uh, and I don't often plug this, but I'm passionate about this subject. I'm talking about and what I'm talking about this week is casting down arguments. Where, where I'm sharing from 2 Corinthians, where we have to cast down arguments uh, and every lofty thing it sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And in 20 years, roughly around 20 years of helping people, uh, first getting help and counsel and coaching. Uh, be some of the greatest people I've ever I've ever met, men who are doing great things. I've spoken to my life and helped me kinda, try and deal with my mind, and it's an ongoing journey. Uh, but one of the things that I'm deeply passionate about is... is is, is people renewing their mind, as we know. And when we're in the Gospel of John, we don't talk about that as much because we're in that. But it's all renewing their mind. And it's a we're here to disciple people. We're here to disciple people. You know, we're not producing saints in the church anymore. We're not producing saints, and we have to produce saints, and we have to teach people how to cast down arguments. Something that happens and continues to go on in your life that you never seem to get over. The same problem is, is predominantly caused by not taking your thoughts captive and casting down the arguments. You need to be willing to have a deep argument with who you are. Yeah. You have to be willing to argue. No, justify it. Oh, well, it's no that, but it's no that. Not listen, you need to argue with it and ask yourself, Is am I, am I, am I placing something higher than the knowledge of God? Am I placing a family member higher than the knowledge of God? Am I placing my dependency higher than the knowledge of God? Am I placing money higher than the knowledge of God? Am I placing a relationship higher than the knowledge of God? Am I placing a resentment? Am I placing a fear, a job, whatever? It, am I? And the only way you're ever going to deal with that is if you, if you learn to start arguing with yourself and going to town and whether that thing you're placing higher. If not, you've got to predominantly, predominantly have a tough This is is major, what I'm going to say here. You're going to predominantly have a tough life. If you don't learn to do that, no, you're going to be high and low. You're going to be the the grand old Duke of York, Christian. You're up and down and everything, and you kind of seem to capture your... And we have to be willing to go to town, and even better, having somebody who just won't entertain your justification for why you are the way... Have somebody gone, well, that's not okay. Now, you don't need hundreds of people like that, because that would freak you out. But even just one person, a Micaiah in the Old Testament, who spoke to King Ahab and decided to tell him the truth and say to him, you know what, if you get into that battle, you're a dead man. Yeah. And what, what King Ahab done, uh, King Ahab decided to disguise himself because he justified it. He was not able to capture his thought and cast down those arguments. We have to be willing to go to town and argue with This week's Thinking Church, it's 10, 12 minutes. It's all about that. Yeah. Uh, and I would, I, I would urge you to listen to it, and I would urge you to you know, just deny it and shove it away and say, ah, but you know, I've had arguments with loads of people at different times, and they go, well, that's all right for you. No, or they'll say, but I'm no Jesus. No, you're no Jesus, exactly. That's why you need to go to town on it. <laughs> if you were Jesus, you wouldn't even need to work on it. Yeah. And, and, and we have to go to town in these thoughts and these things. And the thinking church helps that. That week's subject in particular. No, please, please, I urge you. I pray. I've been praying diligently this week. After our prayer meeting Wednesday and how we start to change how we pray, that, that we would, you know, John says in the, We John, the back of the Bible and the epistles of John, I take great joy. Nothing gives me greater joy. Than, my, than than that my children walked in the truth. No hear the truth, know the truth, see the truth, or even amen the truth, but they would walk in the truth. And that will never happen until you cast down the arguments that's justifying why you're angry, why you're bitter, why you're no letting go, why you're compromising, why you're hedging your bets, why you're no surrendering. <coughs> All the stuff that goes with that. No, and then it says this at the end of the the, the verse. I think verse nine, eight or nine, and two Corinthians ten. Is it? Is it ten? Maybe. I'm <laughs> like, you're the one who edits it. I could have just says that two Corinthians did It says at the end, and being willing. Which year this? What it says, and being willing to punish the disobedience when your obedience. Is shown be willing to punish your disobedience when it is revealed that you've been disobedient. So, the question is, you know, I know, I know in modern churches, they don't do that. Oh, don't give yourself a doing. I'm going to tell you something different. Do, do the problem is you're not getting yourself enough doing. Now, we understand in the context of what I'm saying, oh, I've been broken enough, I've been broken enough. Keep don't, don't give empty a doing. We have to be willing to punish the disobedience that's setting anything up against the knowledge of God, okay? Amen? Amen. So I think it's just important that I say that. And that was worth the admission money alone for that, I believe, you know? Uh, And that is a journey. That is a journey. It's hard for me not to get in and talk about that because I love it so much. That is a journey, you know? Uh, It's amazing the lies you can tell yourself and justify it as a good idea, isn't it? Justify why you're not coming to church. Justify this, just... Just if I, just if I tell the truth, you'd be a lot better. Okay. Uh, okay. The subheading for this morning is uh, Jesus, the object of faith. Jesus, the object of faith. And this part of the scripture is about Jesus being the object of faith. And not an example of faith. Uh, when I first, uh, I get sober 20 years ago almost, uh, free Alcohol and drug addiction almost 20 years ago, uh, in the next month or so, uh, and I think Vicky's this month 20 years, uh, and I think I'm next month, Bobby's in another couple of months time, and he's 20 years as well, quite amazing really, the 20 year club, 20 year <laughs> older bro, eh? Uh, 20 year older, but uh, when I first went to Alcoholics Anonymous it was great for me because I found a god of my own understanding, wasn't that just music to my ears? Just, and at the time, that was just ideal for me. God of my own understanding. See if you've got a God of your own understanding, you're God. Because <laughs> you're limiting God to you. And I went to A and had a God of my own understanding. And Jesus, to me, was just... Uh, he wasn't the object of faith. He was he was an example of faith. Uh, Muslims see Jesus as an example of faith. Rather than the object of... Of faith, rather than being sovereign, he's, he's just an example of faith. And and by time we get to chapter five of John, no, the prologue in chapter one really is just constantly the prologue. Just this, the first seventeen verses of John chapter one is is just so weighty because it's giving you an overview of everything that's going to happen. And by time we get to chapter five, and even before that, we're constantly seeing Jesus. As God, man, uh, fully God, fully man walking in the flesh and we beheld his glory, uh, as John says. But when I first gets sober, I, I, I found a God in my own understanding. So Jesus was, I, this is how I've seen it. I know it seems crazy, but this is how I've seen it. Good guy. He was a good guy. I mean, definitely a good guy. You know, uh, God, no, no. No, there's, there's God, and then there's Jesus, and most faiths have that stuff going on. All faiths, out with Christianity, and even some elements of Christianity have it going on. But uh, and this whole scripture is Jesus then going to the next level. He's already hated now. It's not just a case of They they they're not really they like his miracles, but they're not that keen on him. Now it's full-blown hatred. Now they really want to kill him. This is in his ministry. No, they really, really want to kill him now. And he's just about to go to another level of hatred. Uh, truth will always take you another level of hatred. You tell somebody the truth, it will always take you another level of hatred. It might take you another level of love with people, but it will also take you another level of hatred. That's for sure. So Jesus is the object of faith. He's not an example of faith. And this is what he's starting to explain to the Jews. Okay, let's go to John 5, 16. For this reason, so Jesus has just healed the man at the pool. He's told him to pick up his bed and walk. We know that he's healed that man specifically because he he didn't want to heal a blind man. He wanted it to be seen. He wanted this man to be seen, to be carrying a bed on his shoulder so that, all the Jews and the religious people could see this man which seemed to be working on the Sabbath. They couldn't care less whether he was healed or not. That was totally irrelevant. What they didn't like is, is that this man was eh, sabotaging or betraying or or he was blaspheming the Sabbath. That's what they didn't like. And that's why Jesus done it. So we've came to the end of this. And then for this reason, the Jews, verse 16 uh, we, we finished here last week. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Not because he'd healed somebody. They couldn't care less. You remember when the man at the pool comes in? It's classic. He comes into the temple and all the Jews say to him, what are you doing carrying that on a Sunday? Yeah. Never mind you've been like that for 38 years. I cannot believe you're walking. Yeah. I cannot believe you're carrying that on a Sunday. It's crazy, isn't it? So it wasn't the a miracle, it was the rule breaking, it was the ritualistic protection of the, the Sabbath that the Jews cared about. And then but verse 17 to 19, but Jesus answered them and says this, My father has been working until now and I have been working, therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him. You're almost like, Jesus, shut up. Jesus, they sought all the more to kill him. Because he not only broke the Sabbath... But he also said that God was his father making him equal to God. Jesus is now freaking the religious people out. This is a whole new level of freaking out here. Firstly answers a question they never asked. Don't you love that? Don't you love that Jesus answers questions that people never asked? Let me, let me give you something here, something that might help you. See if somebody can answer questions that you've no asked, but it's burning inside your heart, the, that stuff that goes on inside you that torments you and bothers you and annoys you and troubles you. And then you meet somebody and then they just able to speak into what you're thinking. Hold on to the people. They're great people in your life, people that can just speak in your life. I never even asked anything, no, but I know. They're the great, they're great people they have in your life. Amazing people they have. People that can speak the truth into your life without even asking you what's going on in your life. Uh, and it's people who can discern. It's the, 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 listen, I, I believe everybody, if we go in this walk with God, read your mind, we, we can start to hear what's going on in other people because we because we know our own depravity. Yeah. And what's going on in us, no, some are more gifted at it than others, but... Uh, And Jesus firstly answers a question that they never asked him. Jesus is constantly in scripture that it says, and as they reasoned amongst themselves, Jesus answered them. I love that. I love that, that the mind of Christ, he can just speak right into your situation that you're trying to hide. Uh, Firstly answered, or maybe in this case they are no hiding. Firstly answers a question they never asked. They were probably arguing privately in their hearts. Then Jesus answered, uh, And then he says, he is equal to God. And that the Jews sought even more to kill him. They wanted to kill him. Now they want to kill him even more. Some people will hate you. This is the truth. Some people will hate you for your Christianity. Wait till you tell them the truth. Some people will just simply hate you for being a believer. Wait till you tell them the truth. They will really, really hate you. I get told no long ago. I met met somebody and I get told no long ago, but a real hater of mine... uh, the the queue is long that they they won't rest this is what they said to me I will not rest until I destroy you and I thought oh well you're really going to go to town with what I'm going to say to you next Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what he says I will not rest to destroy you I says well and I'm thinking unto myself what I'm going to say next is going to go to a whole other level then Uh, and Jesus says to the father my father has been working until now and so have I I love that. Now I don't know how you have read that or you've read that over the years. My father is working until now and so mad. Oh, my father is always going to book my business but there's a reason why Jesus has said this. This is what Jesus is saying. You're raging with me for working the Sabbath. Just to let you know, my father was working the day as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Yeah. You're raging with me for working in the Sabbath. Just to let you know, you know my father. He was working the day as well. Oh, that's, think of how they must think of us. What? No, you think I, I? should take time out just to let you know. My father doesn't take time out? The Jews pick up on this. Yet, this is what he's not saying. Okay, just in case. No, see, sometimes when you listen to commentary, especially D. A. Carson's commentary on the Gospel of John. Uh, it's brilliant because he has every argument and permutation what it could have been. So he's sharing what's no right as well as what's right. And, and, and he says this, I'll paraphrase what he says. He says that he isn't saying, uh, he, is, he isn't saying the father, he is saying my father. And this is, this is, he isn't saying the father, he's saying my father. He's making his father and the son one thing. You know, all Jews would call themselves sons of God. Yeah. But they would not call themselves the son of God. This is what he's getting at. This is the point. Because they believed that he was a miracle worker and they even believed that he was anointed and he was he was a prophet that sent for God. But to say he is the, the son of God is another level. It's, uh, and he's saying, I'm not the only one that does this. My father's working as well. Now you might think, wait a minute, did God not rest in the seventh day? I don't know if that's what you're thinking now. That's what I was thinking when I was reading it. Yeah. Does God not rest in the seventh day? Yes, he did. Here, here's the thing, I know, I know this won't shock you. It wasn't because he was knackered. <laughs> okay? He's like, Phew. honestly, that's been a tough week. God's no like, I've had a tough week. I've been at it for six days in a row, here, non-stop. Oh, I'll be glad to get my feet up. No, The Sabbath is no for God. The Sabbath's for us. <laughs> God does not need to take a day off. In fact, he does not take a day off. Ever. You might think, wait a minute, did, did God no rest? Uh, but Not because he was tired. It was to teach men we must rest in the Lord's day and make that day of rest and make it the Lord's day. Uh, God didn't have an Old Testament Sabbath. For him, but for us, also God said, "On the seventh day, he rested, to signify the end of creation." This is another reason God rested in the seventh day. It is to signify the end of creation. Okay, it's to it's to signify the, the the world and all in it was created in six days. Now, I, I I'm a six-day creationist. I believe what the Bible says. I believe the world was created in six days. Okay? Do you know why I believe the world was created in six days? Because the Bible told me so. Yeah. (laughs) That's why. That's why. uh, And you've got all these permutations about different stuff. This is why he rested in the sixth day, just to say, I created everything in six days and I didn't need to create anything else after that. Yeah. It doesn't mean to say that he's not working after that, but he's not creating anything after that. everything has been created. All the heavens and the earth and the skies and the sea and the moon and the sun and everything that God's way. Yeah. Let there be light, and there was light. You know there was light before there was the sun. Don't you love that? If you read, if you read Genesis, that there was light before there was the sun. Uh, anyway, it well, doesn't matter. And God said, on the seventh day, He rested to signify the end of creation. And we've got creationists who are still creating, and we're now onto different things. And where does it stop? Uh, if we, if if man came for ape. Why are we still the same? Exactly. That's just that's just a if man, why are we still the same then? Yeah. Surely we should have been evolved into some other thing, an avatar or something <laughs> we should have been something else surely you know surely we shouldn't all be just the same. Yeah. yeah well we should have been moved on. we should be flying in dragons or something but now we should be moving on. Come on, get with the programme humans. Many people don't believe in six day creation. They have all sorts of theories. And we simply believe what the Bible says. Two 20. The Sabbath is made of man and not Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. I'm in charge of you rest and no rep. The lot. Simple question is this. This is, this is a question you need to ask if God's still working. He takes a day off. Uh, does God forgive on a Sunday? Does he keep the sun where it is at the exact position? Yeah. No, think about that a wee quarter of an inch dead. Mm-hmm. Quarter of an inch all the way, party over. Mm-hmm. I mean it doesn't matter, the moon. Just twists the wrong way. Flood. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just just the least we Oh well there that's moved, that's that's over. Just heavenly, just orchestrating everything. Mm-hmm. Always. Can you breathe without God? Glad he didn't take a day off, eh? <laughs> We'd be all smoked, wouldn't we? Does God forgive on a Sunday? Yes. Does he keep the sun where it is on a Sunday? Does God keep rivers flowing on a Sunday? Yes. Does God keep his breathing on a Sunday? Yes. Does God forbid doing good work on a Sunday and having no mercy? No. The Sabbath is for us, no for him. And Jesus is him. This is why he can do it. Because he is him. Yeah. It's not that the Sabbath is no important. And that, Let me just reiterate. It's not that the Sabbath is not important. It's, it's how it's important. Yeah. It's what it means. And it definitely didn't mean God does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Or God stops. So if this isn't enough to crack the Jews up. You know. If this isn't enough to crack them up. Then this next thing really sends them over the edge. If they thought they had misunderstood him. By... Uh, they make sure they get the point. Lastly, let me just say in this point, see when the Jews say equal, John's writing this is as the Jews, John's writing this as what the Jews presume. When the Jews say equal to God, they mean a God equal. Okay? They mean another God who's equal to that God. That's what the Jews are thinking. They cannot comprehend the one God. They cannot comprehend Jesus and God being the one so see when they say an equal to God they're just meaning like there's God and then there's Buddha right. they, they're seeing it that way Is there's another God equally the only God we know yeah. uh, that's how they see it so Jesus knows that as well and he's like well I'll need to go to the next level to let you know, you know, you know I'm not a God who's equal to God I am yeah. mm-hmm. as he is What Jesus is getting to them, and John writes this. So anyway, verse 19 to 20. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. Jesus is saying this. Through his love of me, and mine for him, I'm merely copying all I've seen. You ever see this with sons and daughters that they copy, especially when they're wee kids, yeah? And they love to copy everything their dad does. You ever see that? You maybe remember that maybe with your kids when they're young and they just, they end up emulating everything they do. You know, it's, it's cute. But no, this isn't cute. But that is cute. Isn't it? And, and they end up just doing the exact same thing as, the, as daddy does, you know. Sometimes you even see it and they pull faces. No, you see him pulling feet, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, that was your dad." Yeah. You know, you know the way they just pull a face, you're like even the frown, yeah. even the even the frown. Uh, sometimes Holly, Holly does stuff. It's classic, you know. And you just, and it's actually Juan talking to Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Right, Juan." Oh, and she not say I, manner is identical. <laughs> identical is crazy. Jesus saying uh, through his love from me and mine for him, I'm merely copying all I've seen. He's copying all I, all I've seen. Jesus is just articulating the Father's love that he has for him, and and then in turn us. This is the, this is what Jesus is actually saying to the Jews at this point. If you look at the big picture. You know, this is what he's saying. Do you know when Moses parted the seas? I was there. That's what he's saying. I was with God. You know when God spat Jonah out the whale uh, and told him to go back to Nineveh? I'm copying what I've seen. When Elijah cried out to God and brought the widow's son back to life, Aye, I was there copying what i've seen when a dead man touched the bones of elisha you know two kings in thirteen and he brought the boy back to life you know it's an amazing story that that Elijah, a man, a man dies right it's, this is classic and it, it it's it's an amazing metaphor or an amazing uh illustration for the the, the future of the resurrection uh a man dies and he goes into, they put him into the cave, the the tomb. And Elijah's there dead with bones <laughs> the dead man's touches the man's bones. Touches Elijah's bones and the guy comes back to life again. So <laughs> harm <laughs> is a mason. Oh uh, and Jesus says, See when that harmed. Saying, just see when that harmed. Uh, I was there and I'm going to copy it. Yeah. And he does. Jesus says in John 16, 28, we'll get to you next year. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go back to the Father. So he's with the Father. In the beginning was God, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You know the scripture. Daniel's vision, right here, this 600 years, 600 plus years. Before Jesus came. This is what Daniel had a vision for. Daniel 7, 13, 14. I was watching in the night vision. And behold. One like the son of man. Coming in the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days. And he brought him near before me. Then to him was given dominion and glory. And a kingdom. That all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is a everlasting dominion. Which shall not pass away. And his kingdom. The one which shall not pass be destroyed. All Jews see themselves as son of God. Jesus is saying, I am God's son. (laughs) Freaking them out. Verse 21, for the father raised the dead and gives life to them, even so the son of man gives life to whom he will. What? Unlike Elijah and Elisha, as I've mentioned, they are representatives, they are reps. Who both acted on behalf of God, yeah. and the Jews cannot comprehend. They can comprehend somebody acting in behalf of God. They can comprehend a prophet acting in behalf of God. No, Jehovah's Witnesses see Jesus as acting in behalf of God because they don't believe he was the. They don't believe he was not created. They believe he was created. They don't believe he was the creator. Ah. Uh, Mormons the same Muslims they're, they're on a whole other level they believed that Jesus was just a good teacher crazy really so Elijah and Elijah I've just mentioned who both acted on behalf of God and as a prophet of God to declare who he was they did raise the dead but God did it through them Jesus is saying this is what Jesus is saying to Jews do you know who I work on behalf of? me I work in behalf of me. Really, that's what he's saying. I work in behalf of me because he and me are the same. Yeah. Because I am God and God is I. The Father and me are one and I have all authority. I'm not a prophet of God or an agent, but I'm the son of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. I remember I got an email a wee while ago for somebody and says, I was listening to the Gospel of John and uh, I don't agree that the Word was Jesus. I says, In the beginning was the Word. How can you misinterpret <coughs> this? In the beginning was the Word, okay? And the Word was with God. Yeah. And the Word was God, yeah. okay? And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus isn't the Word. Of course he is. And we beheld his glory with John saying, as the only begotten Son of God. This is why John said this in the prologue in chapter 1. He said this in chapter 1 because this is the prologue for what he's experiencing in chapter 5. Both had been completed. Chapter 5 was completed before he wrote chapter 1. We didn't know that, obviously. Verse 22, for the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Can you imagine what these religious people are like? (laughs) The Father does not need to judge. Because me and him are in perfect unity and harmony. Whom I judge, he judges. It's Jesus playing words to further his divine authority and deity. Verse 23, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent me these last few verses these are, these are really great verses if you're, if you're debating with different faiths and different religions uh, or, or the whole lot here, how they can dissect, dissect these verses to say Jesus isn't the son of God or an equal to God I don't know the Jews even the Jews who hated him knows he said it so you think he never said it I don't know where they go they can't possibly still think he's a prophet and a good teacher. Uh, you can only come to one conclusion here. You've maybe heard me saying it before. If Jesus has said this, he either is who he says he is or he's a lunatic. It's only, it's only you, you cannot say he's a prophet. He either is who he says he is or he's mental. He's a psychopath. Only two conclusions you can come to. He's a demonic lunatic. Remember if you think he's a demonic lunatic, he's a demonic lunatic who heals the sick, raises the dead and brings sight to the blind. <coughs> I've met loads of lunatics. I've never seen them doing that. <laughs> if we do not honour the son, we do not honour the father. And here's the thing that I get back to when I, when I first got sober and then it was the Godimone understanding because I was having a spiritual experience. It's just spiritual I'm not really a believer, but I'm spiritual. That's, that's where we go now. I'm not really a believer, but I like yoga. Great, wonderful. Really love yoga. Great. You know, you know, loads of churches. I, I know, I'm just saying that we're not doing... We like to give people a chance, but if they've not got a building today, some of the stuff that they need to do, and we're okay with that. We never, ever, ever, ever give this building... The people who want to do child yoga, child psychology, or any of that stuff, ever, ever, ever. Somebody recently asked if they can use the building for child yoga therapy. No, no, no. We can use it to preach the gospel. Yeah. No. That's what we are. We start getting into that stuff. Ah, but it's good. It relaxes the kids. So does the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> so does the gospel. No, we're not compromising yes. here. Yeah. You know, we don't care. Ah, but we'll give you. 20 pound. They won not again as that. I might have said aye. No, I wouldn't have. I'm joking. I said I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Uh, the thing is for me is this, is this is what I did not comprehend. See when I had a God my own understanding I hated Jesus. Now that You think that's strong. You think that's strong. I must have because I, d- I denied who he was. Yeah. Uh, and then he would deny me the Father. So therefore, who is it then? Is my God in understanding? Yeah. It has to be of my understanding. If we do not honour the Son, we do not honour the Father. Jesus says in chapter 6, If you hate me, you hate the Father. If I don't acknowledge the Son, then I don't acknowledge the Father. Then I must hate me. If I hate him, I hate the Father. You cannot love God and deny Christ. You cannot love God and deny Christ. I thought I could love God and deny Christ. People think they can love God and deny Christ. Jesus says, you cannot love God and deny me. All these religions don't love God. They have rituals to God. They have rules to God. They have lots of fear. But they do not love God. And they do not love God because they do not love Jesus. This is what Jesus is pointing out to these religious people. Are you kidding? So what Jesus is actually saying to the Jews at this point is, you don't love God. You've got rituals, you've got rules, you don't love God. You don't truly love God because you hate me. Verse 24, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. It's through God's word we get saved. This is what it's saying. Let, let me read this again. Most of the surely I say to you. Who he hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. This is a big debate here. Let me just bring this in. We're nearly finished. Uh, I believe that everybody gets saved, God speaks. I believe that everybody gets saved, hears the word of God somehow or some way. It's not just now see if somebody walked through the doors of the church and this is where you can be high for Calvinist and you just you have nobody to hide see somebody walk through the doors of this church today and says listen I had a dream last night Jesus visited me in my dream and he says if have to come here I'm not going to say no they didn't that's just stupid I'm not going to say that i good, say good have a seat because you end up in that road that <laughs> Where people can't hear for God anyway. But the point here is, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. See, when I get saved, I was—I get saved, and and it's amazing how you can become evangelistic about your salvation, is it? I know about you—you can—you tell your story that much that you can end up. You ever heard an evangelistic testimony? Too many. You're just thinking you're making that me Interesting than what it was, you know. It's like, you know, Jesus walked by me, and no, it becomes really major, right? But anyway, I know that I know that there was. See, when I get saved, God's word was. I was remembering, even if it was only that God's word, even if it was only that, I was remembering God's word. I'm not saying I could recite it, but I was remembering God's word. And all the times in my life where God's word had spoke to me. This is why when we talk to people this is why when we talk to people we have to talk about the word of God. Yeah. You know, my father is a as you know, my dad is 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 get cancer and I don't know how long he's got or how long he's no go. there's no point in me having superficial conversations with him. You know. And you know what you'll find and I, I don't know, this might help you, it might not. Because you kind of awkward, especially if see if you've never had a a. a an intimate relationship with one of your loved ones. Probably some of you can identify that. I don't want hands up, hands down. I've never really had that intimate relationship. It's superficial. You no, know, my dad walks through the door. Of, my dad walks through the door, of that church, it will be a miracle. Uh, you don't want to be giving him a hug. <laughs> you give away and no, my dad doesn't live that way, you know. You, you try to give my dad a hug, you'll one your chin, you know, especially if it's a man. You know, that that's cool. So I've never had That type of intimacy with my dad, where I I, would—I could really speak. But do you know what? I can share the word of God, and how it lands is how it lands. See if you've got a a relate. Never get so caught up in liberalism, Christianity, that you're just trying to have a commonality with somebody. Seriously, you—you—you must not be ashamed of the gospel. Must not be ashamed of the gospel. Never waste an opportunity to share the gospel. Just open up the passage, share the gospel, share it with the person. No, I, I was in, I was in uh, my dad's house, my mum and dad's house during the week, and I think it was Friday, and my dad was sleeping. Because no, he's, he's sleeping a lot, 14, 15 hours a day. He's sleeping. He was... So there's a Bible sitting. I just sat down, just, well, he's sleeping, just read the Bible. You sleep anyway, do you know what I mean? So, And I don't know, because when, if you read this scripture, this is what it says, Most assuredly I say to you, who he hears my word and believes, and him who sent me has everlasting life. So we have to hear the word. We have to hear the word. What became, became all pizza and inclusion. <laughs> pizza and inclusion. Pizza and inclusion, does he get you saved? might make you feel a wee bit comfortable. That, that's okay, but it doesn't get you saved unless you preach the word of God. We have to preach the word of God. When we were going to Myanmar, you know, one of the one of the guys who was, we were talking about it and he says, uh, I says to him, I'm not going to put eye drops in owls' eyes. Do you know what I mean? I know you're looking at wet. <laughs> that's what I says. I says, I'm not going to put eye drops in owls' eyes. I'm not going to, I'm not just going to, I'm not there to just, meet a need in any way, shape or form charities are in the world doing that stuff and I'm not saying it's wrong but that's not what our job that's not what our role in the church of Jesus Christ is and I says I'm no going and I made it clear I'm no going unless we're preaching the word of God to people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and anyway they knew that anyway and knowing back he says no you're going preach the gospel of John I says good and then he says oh there's maybe another couple of guys going and they'll maybe do that they'll maybe take a couple of the the services but they don't need to take any of your sessions I say it's good they won't because I'm not giving them any of my sessions now that's no ego because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God yeah. we have to speak the word of God into people's life don't think you can go all superficially cuddly think it'll bring that'll one souls it does not work that way. No. Callum could come up here and testify to that. For years he wanted me my youth. It, it does not work that way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. Yeah. My word believe in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not... No, let me just, let me just fire this. You know, I mentioned Bobby my friend. Who's, and you'll know Bobby and Pat here. You know, Pat's been a believer for a long time. A believer for a long time, uh, and I would got when I first got sober. Me and Bobby here we became great friends, and I would go and visit Manny's house, you know. And I was a, I was less polished than this, of course. Bobby says every second word was a swear word. Every second word I said was a swear word. now it's only every third. <laughs> <laughs> he, says, he says every second word, and it probably was. But I used to go I used to got me to have a chat and part here. Pat was full on born again. And she would always talk to me about God's word. Didn't matter. Didn't even matter what the conversation was, what biscuits we were having, whether we were talking about sobriety and Alcoholics Anonymous and what we are doing. Pat would be going about always talking to me about God's word. Every time we'd sit down, it'd be God's word. And that stuff then ends up having an effect on your life. If you see your loved ones and your sons and your daughters Please speak the word of God. Never, never get so familiar that you stop speaking the word of God into their life, ever. Get so, you'll get so familiar that you think, oh no, they no interest. Just speak it into their life when they're sleeping. You know, in the, you know, in the old, seriously, speak it into their life when they're sleeping. Just do, you know, when Abraham and Lot in the Old Testament, in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and there's so much we can talk about in prayer. No, on Wednesday, that's a snippet. I mean, it's ongoing, praying for all sorts of things. You know that Abraham's prayed diligently to God for Lot. Lot, and then it, and then it says in scriptural paraphrase, it says that when, when God came He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, and told Lot to move on, it says that Lot was hesitant. Lot was hesitant. He wasn't too sure. He wasn't ready to let go of his old life. And then it says this, paraphrase again, because of Abraham's bold and diligent prayer, speaking God's word, having this conversation, God God grabbed, practically grabbed Lot, and his hesitancy, hesitancy, that's easy for me to say, and his hesitancy, God grabbed him and says, because of Abraham's faith and his prayers and petitions to you, you're coming. And it's important that just think that, no, we're in this mindset as, oh, well, they have to always be willing, they have to always be willing, you have to always be willing. Think about the man who was lowered into the thing. I don't even know if he asked. (laughs) He was getting a healing. He wasn't even asked. The men just moved the stuff. That's the kind of friends you want in your life, by the way. You want friends who are going to go, I I am wrecking this building. I'm not sure if I want Jesus. You're getting Jesus. (laughs) That's what we need what do you mean, I mean the guy's lying like, I'm no I'm no I'm no I'm quite happy here he was making money this guy was making money being lame no one of his family's like oh that. this was, a, this was an enterprise here This are making a fortune off this lame guy that's what they used to do the whole, they would feed the whole family Jesus is turning up and getting folk well whoa what do you lose a benefit here getting well oh that's whoa oh. do you see how I brought that in did you see how I modernized that? Did you see how I modernized that there? So the guy is getting low. the guy is getting lowered in. He's it doesn't say anything about whether he was up for it. You know, the guys are like there, Jesus here, let's lower him right in. We can't get him in, there's a crowd. Let's go up on it. That's the kind of pals you want, isn't it? It's the kind of people we need. I say that's that's who we should be to your family. Oh, I'm, not lo- I'm not looking to get lowered in. I'm not bothering you looking to get lowered in. The tiles are getting removed. And we're going to lower you and it says they lower them into the midst. Right into the midst. He's the hiding place. Great. It's through God's word we get saved. That's why we must preach the gospel. He is the word he speaks the word and we need to hear the word from the word. Our taking the word our taking the word does not want souls. It does not want souls. I know we think it does. I'm telling you it does not. Our interpretation and our our and listen I'm not saying it's so bad if you, if you, if you follow me on Instagram which I know know enough of you today by the way to be honest with you. It's shocking. I know know they're good in that stuff. There's many people in that contemporary, motivational, inspirational, creative thinking people who have really helped me. They've helped me be better at this. And I'll tell you, there's many of the preachers, like a John MacArthur. You know John MacArthur, this weekend, 50 years of preaching. How amazing that? 50 years of preaching the gospel in the same church. And he's helped hundreds, thousands, maybe the greatest Bible teacher in the last hundred or so years or more. And he's, he's helped many of the other guys. Yeah. You know, we have to embrace the good of both and confront what's no right. Yeah. Our taking the word, though, does not want souls. My, my complaint about the, the preachers who have, who have went Creative, who have went liberal, who have went, who have went off piste, who have went, be a good human. Be a good human in the white hell. Be a good human be be a good human in the white no heaven. My argument with that stuff is, is they're saved by grace. And they never get saved that way. None of them get saved. None of them get saved the way in what they teach now None of them. Not one of them gets saved that way. They get saved by somebody preaching the gospel and somebody telling them about Jesus Christ. Yeah. But now they've got a ministry that they're doing something else. So as much as I embrace that and I love that and I honour that, if it's wrong, we have to say it. No, by all means do that, but first one souls. Yeah. First get them saved, then equip them. Yeah. Then equip them. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. You know, no, no, no is a substitute to that. Making people into brilliant entrepreneurs. What, for 20 years before they die? You know, Robert Murray McShane went to university. The the, the preacher for Dundee. Well, he he didn't come for Dundee. He was a quiet young man. And, you know, Robert Murray McShane did (laughs) not do anything spectacular in his life. I'll bring this into land. Robert Murray McShane did not do anything spectacular. Really. But you know what he did? Somebody wrote about it. Somebody wrote about it. There's hundreds of Robert Murray McShanes in the 90, early nineteenth century, nineteenth century, eighteen fifties. There have been loads of Robert Murray McShanes, great men of God, but it takes somebody to write about them. And Robert Murray McShane didn't do anything extraordinary. When he came to Dundee, he preached the gospel. And, no, no. Turn Dundee any, this is what they call Dundee in the days the Geneva of the North. That's how how profound it was in Dundee. No, it's like the Geneva of the North, where Calvin preached. No, in Geneva, that's where it became. And Robert Murray McShane didn't do anything spectacular as such. He never done anything, really, that was extraordinary other than preach the gospel. That's all he did. He just preached the gospel. He visited people. He loved people, and he preached the gospel. That's the thing he done. When we go the other way and we've got people who are they've been saved by people who have preached the gospel and then take it in another direction. There's no one in souls. Robert Murray McShane when he was in university he was studying in St Andrew's University. He was studying theology. And they wanted him to study and study and study. And he says look I have to study part time and he says why, he says I can't spend all my time in a classroom educating people and getting educated when their soul's dying yeah. so he spent half his time studying and half his time preaching the gospel and winning souls no. No. history tells us that there were a, there were a boat in Dundee harbour sunk and Robert Murray McShane is a young man yeah. Robert Murray McShane as a young man dived into the River Tay Baltic freezing cold and was pulling men out of it and preaching the gospel to him. He died nine years later if he started studying. Nine years, he was only 29 years of age Robert Murray McShane when he died. You need to ask yourself the question so do you have spent more time trying to educate his mind and becoming a guru? Or did he make the right decision to only preach and study half time and go out in win souls? Yeah. 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 Charles Harton Spurgeon says, I would never have somebody in the ministry of becoming a pastor who's an already at winning souls. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Murray McShane died of illnesses that he was caused by visiting the poor and the sick. So he would do home visits and visit the poor and sick and he ended up getting all the illnesses that came for these people, and he died. But he didn't die in vain, he preached the gospel. There's a dying man to dying men. Our taking the word will know one's souls if it's not in line with the true word of God. By all manner of means, please. I would say, teaching a quick people in life by all manner of means, but first give them everlasting life. Before they teach some life skills that all oh, we've got the day everywhere. Okay, Romans. I'm, I'm going to close here. Fraser, do you want to come up? Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the word of the God. Salvation by faith through the doctrines of grace alone in Christ the Lord. What does it do? It removes the eternal punishment, the eternal punishment that we so deserve. And it transfers only him through a divine exchange. Romans six twenty three says, "For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus." There truly is no root neutral ground at all. Jesus is making this clear. There is no mutual ground, no bargaining, no other way. There is no other name under the heavens in which man can be saved. Paraphrase Acts three. There is no other name under the heavens in which man can be saved except by the name of Jesus. No other name. Or made it so that oh there's many ways there's many ways there's no other way. There's no other name in which man can be saved except by the name of Jesus. I had a higher power but I wasn't saved. I had a God of my own understanding but I wasn't saved. I believed in a God of the universe but I wasn't saved. I believed in the spirit realm tree hugging I wasn't even any tree-hugging, to be honest with you. I didn't get it. Uh, yoga, all the stuff, all the spiritual stuff. Just get into a bookshop, you see it. <coughs> but there's no other name in which man can be saved except by the name of Jesus. And this is what Jesus is addressing here, and they sought all the more to kill him. It closes in chapter 5, where he reiterates it again, and we, we'll, we'll touch on it next week before we move on into chapter 6. Gospel of John it's as shallow as you could possibly get isn't it? you couldn't get any more shallow but could you get any more deep really I mean you miss it didn't you it's so simple we miss it can we honestly explain who Jesus is to people Do God's word look, God's word says my will is that none should perish my heart is that none should perish it's God's will he doesn't want anybody to perish but we don't preach the gospel, the true gospel. You know, I'm just thinking here as we close, and I don't normally do this. Maybe there's somebody in your life, you know, and you're thinking, do you know what? I've just become so familiar, I don't talk to them about the word anymore. I don't mention the word anymore. I'm, I, 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 it's kind of gone. Uh, I've had conversations this week through this study with people in my life, and uh, not just my dad, but other people in my life, and just saying, you know, go and preach the gospel. Never waste an opportunity. Share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and share the word of God. I know it messes us up because we think, oh, I can't go there. You no, know, go there. Yeah. Go there. You no, know, close. Be saying this, and this is my final close. You know, my friend, I've mentioned them quite a few times a day. As we'll be in part, you know they said a great thing is a few months ago uh, 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 in coming to the church he says this <laughs> he says you're only left with one thing when you leave this is what he says you're only left with one thing when you leave you either believe in what the word says or you don't believe in the word it says isn't that a good place to be in the church you either believe what the word says, or you don't believe what the word says. It's not are taking words or our take or our agenda or someone over here that allows you to interpret. You either believe what the Word says or you don't believe what the Word says. And we either build the church on God's Word or we don't build it in God's Word. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Hope United. You can stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages.